Welcome to Astrology Today, coming to you not quite live. Blair says that's just a weird thing to say, but oh well. Uh, from the beautiful Sunshine Coast in the Cathet region, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation, I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. And welcome to you, the listener, and to my co-host, Jill Kirby, who is an astrologer, and back with us today, yay, is an astrology enthusiast, Jenna Short. Say hi, folks. Hello. Hello. Yay. <laughs> okay. So um, after the episode that we did last week, which was on um, the Jubilee, uh, which is still winding down as we speak, mm-hmm. um, I realized that I wanted to go back and revisit uh, timing techniques that astrology <laughs> uses. And I decided to start with the ones that I've just recently learned. And I thought to kick off this series, I would start with the easiest one. Yet it's actually amazingly accurate. Yeah. And so this episode 137 is on annual perfections. Um, And so with this particular technique, um, it is... um, Okay, so there is a bit of a preface. So one of the things that uh, one has to consider when you consult astrology or you do tarot cards or you go to a psychic or any of those things um, is that whole phenomena that some people will come back at you with that they do not want to know the future. Okay, and that's a legitimate question. Um, And so if you do want to consult the future, um, there's things you have to grapple with. And one of those is your wishing and imagining and the setting of intention, right? You know, so if you've set the intention that you're going to become a millionaire, you definitely do not want anyone to say, yeah, I don't really see that in your chart. So it's an interesting conundrum when we look at um, timing in astrology, because um, it can point to other than what we wish and hope for, a question. Okay, so we project into the future all the time. And so is it actually helpful um, to look at these techniques? And- um, Well, from my perspective, I've never, see myself as predicting anything yes yes okay yeah and for me it's like general forecast what's the weather going to be like is it going to be you know cold yes and, you know i mean it's yep. you not because you cannot know what events are going to happen you cannot know specifics of how things are going to work out there's various ways a lot of things can play out when you're looking at aspects, yes. transits, and other things in a chart. So to me, it's like, you know, I'm, I've been very clear with that with clients over the years, always. Yes. That, yeah. that's, and the other thing for that is, and, and you know, even, even with that, you've made that so clear. I often get people say, and what you told me exactly <laughs> happened. Like, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Go back and listen to the recording. But um, but other than the, the other part of that is if they believe something will happen, they're likely to make it happen because our beliefs are very powerful. Well, and, and, and that is part of the nub of doing predictive techniques is 
um, exactly that, right? You know, if we set an intention, um, how powerful is that? And like you say, belief, um, you know, it almost looks like belief can be just enough to create, you know, so if you think it's going to be a bad year, sure enough, it's going to be a bad year. Um, and so that I, I wanted to bring this in right at the very beginning, because the ancients were Stoics. Okay, the ones that came up with the techniques that I'm going to go through in the next couple of episodes. And as a Stoic, they accepted the idea that there is fate. Um, and we also need to acknowledge that there is fate. I mean, the three of us sitting here are not in the Ukraine, and that's fate, right? None of us had the control to decide where we were going to be born and into what context and, and the rest of it. And, and there's more over which we have no control than exactly. We have. Exactly. We don't so, control what happens. We what we to me anyway. Mm -hmm. um, our level of awareness taken into account. What we do have some clue what happens. Yes, we have how we how we approach it. Um, yeah, how we work with it exactly. Anyway, those I wanted to just kind of put that out there because it is part of what this is about. So the Stoics thought uh, and did believe that they could. Um, be very specific about what they predicted. And for some of them, depending on who they were working for, it meant their life to get it right. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. You were often working for the king or the queen. Or, or aristocrats, people that yeah. had power. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so the first one we're going to start with is based on symbolic time. Okay. And um, so the ancients, what they did is they divided up a life into sections with specific planets ruling those periods of time, thus giving periods of time certain qualities and probabilities. Now, the ruling planet of a particular section of time was called a time lord. And there are various time lord techniques. And so today I'm going to introduce annual perfections, which from my point of view is one of the simplest techniques to um, add to your toolkit and to play with. Um, and one of the premises that the ancients had was that not all planets are active all the time. And so they saw planets as being dormant until awakened as a time lord now you know it depends on in that symbolic slicing of time um so for instance there are some techniques which will bracket like 30 years this particular technique only brackets one year and so within the course of a 12-year cycle uh through the 12 houses all planets will have had their year to be active. And obviously for planets that rule more than one house, um, then, you know, they're doing it twice anyway. And you were saying you have to use the whole sign method. Yes, you do. Exactly. Thank you for pointing that out. Okay. So I thought, you know, seeing as we've had, you know, the Royals being so uh, prominent <laughs> that I would use their charts because yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start with the first graphic, which basically um, gives you a visual. Let me run this up to the top. 
one out of the way. Okay, so here's the first one. So basically, the premise behind uh, annual perfections is starting with the rising sign and its ruler. It is what is in charge of that first year of life, which is actually zero, right? Um, because you don't come in already a year old. No, it's zero. And this little piece can trip up most people. That's why I created the chart that you can download that's at the end of this little talk, because I would miss that almost every time. <laughs> Forget to put the zero in, in terms of the age, right? You know, and of course it throws everything out. So the first year of life is actually a second house perfection. Third or the second year of life is a third house. So as you can see, there's sort of one number ahead. And then of course we start and we go around again. Um, and so in this diagram, you know, Pink is the age and black are the houses. Okay, mapping out your road of life. So as an example, any questions about that? Jenna, is that reasonably clear? Yeah, that's super clear. Yeah, it's nice yeah. to see it in a diagram. Yeah, okay, good. Okay, so we're gonna use uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Um, and this kind of gives you a rhythm to a particular life and to this background, you would add where the actual rulers are in the birth chart, starting with the birth to the first birthday, you know, obviously is the first house perfection. So she has Capricorn rising. So this, these are the planets that will impact in those particular years. And so Saturn, there would be a zero here, I didn't put it in, um, is the first year. Um, and so she turns one and it's Saturn again. And then she turns two and Jupiter's in charge. She turns three, it's Mars. It, you know, um, she turns four and it's Venus. Mercury is age five and so on. And so one can immediately pause and go, oh, so what is my ascendant? Oh, it's that. And oh, that planet's in charge. And what I find interesting about this is, um, so depending, so the next proviso that one has to get really clear on to start with is what sect is your chart? So in Hellenistic, way of looking at a chart, if the sun is above the ascendant, okay, then that is a day sec chart. And that makes Jupiter the happiest, bestest benefic in your chart. And yes. from a malefic point of view, it makes Mars the hardest planet to deal with. If you were born at night, as the queen was, um, she's a night sec chart. So that makes Venus the happiest chart, happiest benefic in her chart. And it makes Saturn the most difficult. And so already we have a bit of a tone that's happening. So we can anticipate that when she was 60, 48, 36, 24, that Saturn and that quality and how well Saturn was placed in her chart would have been majorly active. And then she'd get another year of it. Okay, so sort of back-to-back -back difficult years. 
followed by depending this is not the greater benefic jupiter in her chart but it's still a benefic so it might you know when she was 62 50 38 26 she it might have been easier okay so one you know one can think about their own chart and go <clears throat> and i think all of us would immediately go to the troublesome planet in your chart and go so for myself for instance i'm a day chart so whatever rules you know whatever houses mars rules and where he's found those are going to be tricky years for me right and so it sets this sort of rhythm and that rhythm repeats now um right about now jill will be throwing up her hand going and <laughs> there are other things happening as well um and so this is just one slice you would have oh, to yeah you would have to add in what are the transits you know and the other time lord techniques etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but this can be a useful backdrop upon which the others are playing on and so what I thought we would do before we come back to, you know, some of the descriptions here is I will take us through her chart um, with some of the things that we would, that you would have to take into consideration in your own chart. So the first house and its ruler, that's going to center the year around self-image, the body, sometimes health and how you are showing up. And just as, uh, for instance, the queen is in a first house perfection at 96. And so in her particular case, every time the first house um, becomes the time lord, um, Saturn would be the planet who is the time lord. And so discipline and responsibility are gonna be definitely um, things that will be part of the quality of that year which and is a huge piece for her anyway with capricorn rising exactly saturn mid -heaven, right? and saturn on the mc exactly so um she has the 10th um saturn is on the mc and it's in the 11th and so her position in community her audience her supporters she's got to make that saturn work and even though it is not the malefic of the sect in favor, it's the harder malefic. Um, her sense of duty, she was able to grasp that. And a lot of that comes from the fact that Mars rules that Saturn and he also rules the fourth. So her heritage played into her ability to master that Saturn. Yeah, although, you know, I'm sure she had her moments. So her second house, and for all of us, the, its ruler, they're going to have an impact on our resources, um, your money, uh, your sense of value. And again, for her, this is Saturn. Um, and so her resources are going to impact that MC in the 11th, how she's seen out there. Um, and it also, the 11th house speaks to, you know, sort of what tribe do you belong to? Well, for her, obviously, it's the aristocracy. And so, uh, you know, um, flaunting one's wealth would have been just kind of natural, right? So the pageantry and all the rest of that. Okay, but 
again, there is discipline. And in that second house, she has Jupiter and Mars. Now, Mars isn't as difficult in a night chart, but it is impacting Jupiter. And so one would have to kind of think about if she went to excess, that is not going to always play well with that MC in the 11th, right? Well, and she's got Saturn kind of reining it in. Exactly. It squares that. And um, yeah, so yeah, it. So in what I'm trying to get at here is the nuances that play into this. Yes. Um, yes. You know, yes. those years are going to be years in which resources are going to be, you know, top of mind um, and and her personal values, what she values. OK, well, and, and you can see from she's um, not in the Jupiter opposite Neptune. <laughs> yes, yes. OK, so third house and its ruler, this has to do with um, family, siblings, relatives your neighborhood so you know this is you know the folks that live in the castle and all the rest of that so we do have a very exalted venus it is a night chart so we're very happy that venus is happy that means the houses that venus rule should in theory go really well for her um uh, just because this is a very happy venus but that venus itself is you know, this is Pisces, so it's ruled by Jupiter. So Jupiter is the Lord of the year and he's not so well-placed. He's in the second house. So if she cuts loose with that Jupiter, you know, it's not, it's gonna end up taking us all the way back up to Saturn, the responsibility, the duty, um, you know, how her audience slash subjects see her. Um, so it's a bit tamped down. Um, this third house. And um, she has had to rely quite a bit, actually, on her sister. Um, she didn't have any other siblings. Was there just her and her sister? Yeah, yeah just the two of them. Just the two of them. Yeah. Um, but I suspect most of her third house years were probably, you know, generally okay. Um, okay. Now, so her sister would tend to do the excess thing. That's true. That is true. She was ah, the party gal, yeah. Yes, that's right. I mean, she was as different from Elizabeth. Yeah, that is true. As you can have Elizabeth's seriousness and sense of responsibility at all. Right. Yes, that is correct. Okay, so your fourth house and its ruler um, will bring up a year in which real estate, deep family connections, genetics possibly, family karma, all of that kind of stuff can be happening in those years. Uh, Mars, uh, for her, is the ruler. And of course, that takes us back to her second house and her job and her personal resources. Um, and having Mercury that there adds a very strong mind to all that she stands upon um, and makes, I suspect, on the years, uh, on her fourth house perfection years, where she um, is very decisive, um, using that mind to um, work whatever is happening in those fourth house years. Yeah. So fifth house and its ruler, um, children, good fortune, house, playfulness, romance, 
Um, it's ruled by that um, exalted Venus. So she was totally capable of producing her four children. There wasn't a problem. But Venus, although she's exalted, it takes us to the Jupiter, which is not in good shape with Mars, which takes us all the way back to Saturn and Scorpio, ergo. And what's interesting about that, of course, is Mars. Mars is male children, right? And those are the mm -hmm. ones she's had troubles with. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear much about Anne. No, you don't. You Except don't. for her, her horsemanship. Yes, exactly. Okay, sixth house and its ruler, health and daily routine. And I know last uh, week, when, or last week, a couple of days ago, yesterday's show, actually, <laughs> um, I was noting that Mercury, um, uh, you know, and the years in which it becomes prominent. Um, and so it's... Um, it's reasonably placed in the fourth house. So in terms of her health, so this is health and daily routine for us all, the sixth house. Um, it can see the sixth house. It, it's not particularly um, difficult. Uh, Mercury can sort of play no matter what sign it's in. Um, and I'm thinking that the, the years in which it is the ruler of the sixth house, um, are fairly neutral. And it also speaks to the fact that, I mean, I'm sure she's had different health things over the years, but none of them of any great import, right? You know, it's her Well, and her, and her mother lived to be, yeah. you know, over on. So, yeah. She, I think so that, that Mercury, yeah, exactly. She's standing right. on good genetics. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Seventh house and its ruler, open enemies, partners and marriage and we will definitely come back to this um, because this was uh, it was a seventh house perfection when she had her anus for year um, and one of the other things that happened that year besides the the castle burning uh, was that they uh, exposed a spy in her household you know mm -hmm. so seventh house can be open enemies partners marriage etc it's tied to the moon and the moon isn't especially happy in this chart. It doesn't particularly like being in the eighth house. That's its fall. Um, uh, and it's, you know, it's, yeah, the eighth house is just not. It's almost, it's almost mutual reception with the sun, which yeah. is its exaltations. So. Exactly. So I think, that's why it there hasn't been a lot of death in um in her life you know like well, it's, her dad. It's helped. yeah her dad and her mom. but i mean sort of the normal kind of stuff right okay so um but occasionally you know this seventh house perfection um, does not work out well. Okay, eighth house, of course, its ruler is um, has to do with death, taxes, and joint resources. So the sun um, rules this. It's in the fifth house, affecting her ability to play. Um, not usually a good year for any of us, the eighth house, unless you've got, you know, both benefics in your eighth house, and it's ruled by one of those benefics. And yeah. Well, it speaks, it speaks to the, the way uh, the fa family money gets passed down in the exactly. room, the rest of it, because it's really yep. back to uh, yes, and house. so 
Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. She, because she was the child of the brother of the king and the king abdicated, she yes. gets to be next in line. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been. But in a normal family, you don't get that kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. No, you don't. You don't. It's, well, smaller potatoes, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the ninth house and its ruler, um, travel, education, religion, or philosophy, or those types of things. So this is ruled by her Jupiter, which is interesting because it's in the second house with Mars, and she had to travel for work. I mean, you know, she had this supposed empire, and she had to go visiting. Ninth house? And, yeah, ninth house. The ninth ruled. house, she got Vir Virgo. Oh, Libra. You're down you are right. Mercury. You are right. It's Mercury. Oh, thank you for the correction. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sorry about that. You were right. I'm wrong. It happens. Darn. It's okay. Mercury's retrograde. <laughs> it is. Anyway, so, um, okay. So I have to decode this a little differently. So fourth house. Um, so, and Mars, but Mars still rules that Mercury yep. and Mercury is in, so it still has to do with, with travel um, for her job, Mars, but it doesn't have the Jupiter bonus point or lack thereof. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out though. Okay. So the 10th house, which is different than the MC in um, whole sign configurations, the MC floats between the ninth. It can actually get even lower than that. I've seen the MC in the 12th and in the seventh or eighth, but typically it floats between nine, 10 and 11. And it brings those significations together, but the 10th itself Okay, so it's the ruler, it's her position on the world stage. Sometimes this is your job, but sometimes it isn't. And so for her, obviously, it is her position on the world stage. And it is ruled by that exalted Venus in the third. Um, and I suspect that the years that um, follow with this 10th house annual perfection, um, we're probably fairly good years for her, uh, just because that Venus is exalted. Yeah. Now, the 11th house... It trines Pluto, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The 11th house and its ruler, your audience, your tribe, usually... Um, not necessarily connected to family. Um, and it can be one of the years where one um, can have some great good fortune um, just because it's Jupiter's joy. In her particular case though, um, it's Mars ruled. Um, it has Saturn there on the MC. And so what could have been, you know, just an exceptionally good years, um, probably aren't. They were probably very serious years, um, taking, you know, pulling her job and her duties into place. Now, the last house, okay, is the 12th house. And in her case, so for all of us, the 12th house is, can be about confinement. Um, it can be about hospitalizations and prisons, and, but mostly it's about self-undoing. And as we will see, uh, when we go back to some of the events in, in Elizabeth's life, um, she really crashed and burned in one of her 12th house perfections. It was ruled by that Jupiter. And so because Jupiter rules it, takes her to the second house and her job, 
um, her crash and burn almost, well, it didn't cost her her job, but it could have. Yeah. Okay, so that's- Well, how... it, it, it only costs the job if she chooses to step down. That is true. That is true. You don't lose your job when you're queen. No, that is true. Very good. Very good. Yes. Okay. Normal, people, normal people might have to think about that. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, so here we have, we will start with uh, 21. Okay, so it was a 10th house perfection the year that she got married, uh, makes her public declaration of service to the realm, and it was when she turned um, age 21. So one of the things you have to keep in mind with these things is the actual date. Okay, so hers is in April. So when I say age 21, earlier in the year in which she turned 21, it would have been the prior house perfection. And so if you're born late in the year, it's not falling on a yearly basis the way our normal calendar does. And that's something you have to keep in mind. Yeah. Okay, so the next one, she's 25 uh, when her father dies. She's in a second house perfection and she gets the job. Um, and as it turns out, um, uh, you know, it takes us to that Saturn. Um, the Saturn is uh, Mars. Mars is in there with Jupiter. And so it's you know, that duty and responsibility um, and it being a Saturn year makes it a difficult year. Yeah. Okay, so um, her coronation though happens in, um, uh, after her birthday and she's 27. And now this is the fourth house perfection uh, ruled by that Mars. And um, yeah, it's, is it profection or perfection? It's profection. Yeah, I put okay. perfection, but it's okay. supposed to be profection. Yeah. Well, sometimes you say perfection. I know. And so I'm I just to... I just wasn't sure which was. Yeah, pro P R O, and of course spell check always wants to fix it, which right. I did I didn't catch here on okay. little just graphic. Checking. Yep. No. Nope. Thanks for the clarity. I thought that's what it was, but. Yep. Okay, so at age 66, she has her anus horbelius year. Okay, so it's 1992, and she was 66. Now, what's in anus? Anus. Anus horribilis. Thank you. You do that so well. <laughs> and I don't. Okay, so um, the moon, of course, was in the eighth. Um, and so uh, this was a year in which, you know, she was already in negotiations to start paying taxes um, that because of the castle burning, um, you know, that definitely had to happen. Uh, the moon is in a Mars ruled sign um, or not in a Mars ruled sign. Pardon me. The sun is. Um, how did I figure that? Right, open, just open enemies. Yes, open enemies. And why did I think it spoke to how bad the year was? Huh. My mind is because... gone. Because. 
Neptune is there. Yeah. Oh, Pluto, right. Yeah, yes. forgot. Pluto and the North Node. Yes. yes. So, you know, um, the outer planets, of course, the ancients did not have those, uh, but we can sure um, look at them. Yeah, I think we, we would ignore them at our peril. <laughs> yes, we would. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so the moon being in a difficult eighth house. Um, yeah. Okay, so the last one is the year that uh, Diana was killed. Okay, she was in a, she was 71. So she was in a 12th house perfection. And that was ruled by that Jupiter, which is, you know, this, it takes this whole circle back up to the 11th house. And so with that Jupiter being afflicted by Mars, um, self-undoing can actually happen. And she just about did that in terms of her not responding to the event in the way that the public was expecting. Yeah, and I think it was, I think probably that's where the Neptune opposition played in. Yes. Because she was just oblivious to what, how it, how it would appear. Yes, exactly. And so 12th house people, you will hear other astrologers talk about the 12th house annual perfection as being one to, you know, have your head up, be paying attention. <laughs> uh, and again, if you've got lots of benefics and all the rest of it, um, you can probably cruise through your 12th house, but most of us should actually just pause and pay attention <laughs> to 12th house perfections. Well, and, and also Mars is accident yes yeah yes exactly exactly uh, yeah okay so um that was the queen's chart so now we're going to take a um a look at how am i doing for time oh we're doing good yay okay so um charles's chart of course sets us up with a different cycle so the sun is his ruler for the first, Mercury for the second, Venus, who is in her own sign in the third. So we can anticipate possibly um, third house annual perfections as going well, but delusional. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fourth house um, is ruled by that Mars. And so her, his children will play significantly into his fourth house years. Uh, fifth house, he could have been a party animal for all we know. Oh, he or, was. He was. He was? Okay. Oh, was, yeah, he was. He, yeah, he was. He was. Well, he had. He, he, was, he had affairs. Yes. He had tons and tons of, of girlfriends and stuff when he was, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Younger. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so his health, though, is ruled by that Saturn. Um, he is a night chart, so Saturn is um, the um, malefic that is not of the sect in favor, and so health can be, so sixth house years, be interesting to look at his biography and see if any of the sixth house years show up. Um, Saturn also rules the seventh, so not good for marriage. <laughs> and yeah. urban enemies. Uh, let's see now, we've got uh, Jupiter ruling the eighth house. So that's interesting with this Mars-Jupiter uh, ruling the eighth, you know, huge accident takes out his wife. Wow. Well, and interesting that he's got Mars-Jupiter like his mom did. Yes, exactly. Different house, different, different house. Yep. But still, I think 
Yeah. Always interesting when you get little yeah. like that. Yeah, the echoes, exactly. Um, so now his uh, MC is in his ninth. So um, the work that he does has more to do with ideology than it has been about being the king. Yeah. Um, and that sort of, so that Mars speaks to, uh, to that ninth house and his position. Okay, moon in the 10th, mom pretty much eclipsed his 10th house. Um, so he has this fantasy, Venus down here, about yeah, when is it ever going to be fair? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, and his, his whole career, or, or yeah, 10th house status in the world depends yeah. on <laughs> what happens to his mother exactly exactly it's and interesting though because a lot of his causes that he's actually known for are taurian causes you know um, the environment yeah. and that oh, yeah. type he, of stuff he, yep. he was he was renowned for talking to his plants years ago um, ah i did um, not know that <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. also, also yeah. his produce that he grows yeah. oh, he's very okay. passionate about organic farming Yes, and he was also very passionate about um, allopathic, or not allopathic, um, homeopathic oh, medicine. Well, the whole yeah. royal, royal family's always used homeopathy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but also, it's so interesting that his, his moon is exactly where his mom's son is. Yes, exactly. So again, it's just like, he's yeah. so dependent on what happens to her. Yes, yes. Okay, so um, his 11th house is Mercury. And um, I mean, normally that can be a good um, perfection year. Um, Mercury is, is it under the beams? Yeah, it's next to, so his 11th house could be, yeah, it's conjunct the south node. And so it could be uh, difficult years, not the best years. Um, and, uh, you know, he's in prison, moon, 10th house, <laughs> in the 12th house. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, well, in a sense, his family is like prison in, in that he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't get to take on his role because it's dependent on mom. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so he would notice that more during his 12th house perfections, yeah. I suspect. So what I have for us is the dates for his years. So the one that sort of struck me as being interesting, of course, was his divorce year, which was here. Um, ninth house, that's when the divorce was made um, public, that they were separating. And so that was a ninth house perfection, which is where his MC is and that Mars. So the fact that he was having an affair Mars Jupiter in the fifth. Um, well, and, and he didn't come out looking very good because Diana was so beloved yeah. by the world. Yeah. That, you know. Exactly. Exactly. She, she played it very well. I mean. And so they got married on a 10th house perfection. So in 1981. Um, but it was in the summer. So it was actually a ninth house perfection. And mm -hmm. so that's when your dates can trip you up. Yep. Um, cause they got married in the summer. He wouldn't have turned 21 until that November. So it was actually a ninth house. And again, that's where the MC is, um, in that particular year. Um, 
Okay, and then she dies in 1997. And so that was actually a first house perfection for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that is ruled by, what's this first house again? Ah, where are you? Leo. Okay, so that takes us to the uh, fourth house. And the fourth house can actually also be about death. Yeah. Yeah. But it, uh, it threw him, you know, and how is he going to present himself, which is your first house perfection. Um, you know, you can, one of the ways some astrologers will put it is in a first house perfection year, you can do a makeover. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for him, you know, being thrust into the spotlight as dad, um, you know, son, fourth house. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that became sort of the, the makeover that happened for him in that year. Yeah. So if we come to uh, this year, so he's in a second house perfection, which is Saturn. <laughs> Saturn is not of the sect in favor. Um, so prior to his birthday, the queen is likely still going to be with us. But... Um, well, and yeah, she may not go. I mean, if we look at it from his annual perfections, um, yeah, she may not go until. Well, the other thing I mentioned when we did the show yes, that was on yesterday yep. was that, because um, we're taping this on Sunday. <laughs> yes, yes, we are the next day. It's true. <laughs> um, I mentioned that uh, there was always the possibility that with the queen going, the monarchy might go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. that would speak to the third house perfection after his birthday in November, because that's Neptune with Venus. Yeah. No, oh, I think. Wouldn't that think, be just a rub to have that happen? Oh. Well, yeah, I think, but I think there's, there's a good possibility of that just because I mean, it's hugely expensive to maintain this family in the style to which they are accustomed. Exactly. And, I mean, they just blew 1.3 billion pounds on the weekend, you know. Yeah. Disgusting. To celebrate disgusting. This, this family that's got more money than they need. Um, probably the total population of the country. So, you know, kind of hard to justify that yeah. in, you know, a modern era. I yes. think. Well, I, I think that's another possibility. Whether yeah. she's whether she's gone or not, he yes. may not get to do the job. Yes, exactly. And he's been waiting to do all his life. Oh. Uh. Okay, so Jenna, <laughs> I'm calling on you now. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do you see any other years in his biography? Or even in um, her biography, because we can go back to the circle, which has her years on it. So I'm having computer problems and half of my screen is gone. Oh, <laughs> and no. I'm trying to fix. <laughs> okay. Well, let okay. me check on my phone. Um, well, we could just uh, talk about our own annual perfections. And um, because we have the worksheet that we can look at. But I did see interesting note. I did see on the Queen's chart that she has Chiron and the Aries 
yes, at 28 yes. degrees. Oh, yes. And yeah, Pluto square. And I have my son is Aries at 28 degrees. And since I was a little girl, the queen scared me. Like oh, always wow. has scared me. My mom would talk about her because like my, my family heritage is like very English. Yes, and she'd okay. talk about it. I see pictures of her. I'd be like, that's a scary old lady. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just saw that and thought, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But okay. Charles's perfection, um, I think he said fourth house is like, you know, he's got he's got a deeply embedded fourth house. Yes. And how. So age Four sixty. Twenty eight, forty, fifty two, sixty four, seventy six. Yeah. So this is the other thing that I could talk about, actually, is so you're in a particular perfection year. And so what you can do is if you've got any kind of memory, (laughs) um, you can go back and go. So what was that perfection like? in its, you know, its first run, its second run. And for some of us, of course, we get to do um, several runs. Like, so for instance, mine, uh, the annual perfection that I'm in, I am 68. So I am in a ninth house perfection. So I can look back to where and what was I doing in my life in when I was 56, 44, 32. And what's interesting about 32, that was about the time that I was starting to get pretty serious. Oh, um, should have phoned her earlier, but I didn't. Anyway, okay. So as I was saying, you can look back on various annual perfections to get a feel for kind of the background. And obviously, if there are big transits or other scenarios happening, they, you know, they play on top of this but you can kind of get a feel for it. And as I was saying, 32 was when I was starting to get pretty interested in um, astrology in terms of, I could do something with this. Yeah, Mm. yeah. And mostly because I was trying to figure out my marriage at the time. (laughs) Okay, so for me, ninth house is ruled by uh, Jupiter and Jupiter is in my third house. Um, and you know, so, uh, it does every time I have a ninth house perfection, I'm definitely in a learning mode and she's not going to quit. So turn the volume down on it. This is truly comedy. It's not anyway. <laughs> so, um, Jenna, what perfection are you in? I am in my eighth oh, year perfection. Right yes. But I think my Aries eighth house sun and mercury might give me the vitality to get through i think it's reflecting um how my job is going my job is quite intense working in film um and you know it requires like full dedication and 100 of my time and energy and i feel quite consumed in it but yeah just like eighth house things exactly it's it's uh it's a bit unhealthy it's a bit passionate and up and down like a roller coaster um but I'm learning a lot about myself ah so what was it like when you were 19 if you can cast your mind back what was happening in your life then 
That was also a bit of intense time. I mean, I was, I, I think I was, I was working on a mountain oh, and okay. then also working quite a bit. And then the season ended and then I didn't, didn't have a job and I didn't, I was just struggling, struggling to find work. Um, I think I just, I think I was in a bit of a depression and ah. trying to figure out what I was doing with my life. Right. Um, and I think as teenagers, you're like looking for a, ro- a romantic relationship to like fill your identity. So I think I was like experimenting with that and failing, of course, because yes. that's not what a romantic relationship <laughs> for. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ah, okay. And your Mars, your ruler... Um, and so that would speak to the, you know, finding the, the male partner and Mars yeah. for you is in what sign? My Mars is in cancer. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, a very a, specific MO is required. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm a homebody for sure. So that yeah. fiery Aries and eighth house is pretty subdued by my cancerian wanting to feed people and hang out at home. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Ha. Okay, Jill, what annual perfection are you in? Uh, I would be in the 11th house. Ah. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so what um what was your life like um so what uh sign or what who's your um lord of the year for your 11th house? Um, I'm not as familiar with the whole sign. Right. So you have what rising? You have Libra rising? Libra rising. Okay. Let me just figure that out. So that would be the sun. That would be the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so the sun is in your eighth. Fourth. 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 Well, right. is it in both signs? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just you go the exact square. Yeah. So if uh, the sun is in the eleventh, or the you're in eleventh house and it's Leo, and it's opposite, it would be the fifth house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your sun is in the fifth house. Right. In Aquarius. Yes. Right. Okay. So that would be. Are you having any fun? it's ruled by saturn you're a night chart right yeah yeah Yeah. so saturn is not a happy camper in your yeah in your chart so yeah Hmm. yeah he's in my 12th house oh yes okay darn not a good year well actually no because well what sign is yeah so saturn is He's in Libra, so he's in my first house. He's in your first house. Yeah, so it has to do with health and the breaking of bones. Yes, darn. Well, no, that was, that was last year. That's true. That's true. So that was 10th house. Ah, or was it? Yeah. Yeah, 10th yeah. house. Yes, because that was before your birthday. Yep. Okay, so bones are healing. Yay. Yes, yes. Okay, so what was happening when you were 58? Oh, God, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) How about 46? How about 34? Um, When did you get married? uh, Well, I had my first child when I was 21. So 
That's a 10th house. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I was, yeah, 22 would be when I started getting into astrology. Oh, okay. 11th first, house. Right. Okay. Started learning it. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I remember. 34. Uh, I was just, I think, trying to support myself and my kids because we were divorced. <laughs> by then, yeah. yeah. So yeah. would you have been seeing clients by then? Uh, just starting, I think. Okay. Yeah, we just, I just started. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> so, Makes sense with 11th house. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 11th square is the ninth, and so that pulls in um, the astrology piece as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that particular uh, grand cross. Yeah. So, like, if I'm in, when I go into, like, a 10th year perfection, <laughs> and, like, I, or sorry, 11th, sorry, 7th house perfection, and I have, like, quite a bit of Venus aspects, so, like, if I, like, I have Venus conjunct my midheaven, okay, so with that, like, those, like, basically 10th house and 7th house themes would, would merge and be, like, interconnected, yes, for that year, so exactly. I would expect, like, you know, big changes in career and relationships yes. and open enemies, yes, Okay. And so who is the ruler of your seventh? Uh, Pisces. Okay. So Jupiter and you are a day sect or a night sect? In the afternoon day. Yeah. So your day. So Jupiter is the happy camper. And so unless Jupiter is um, badly placed, then um, that speaks fortuitously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I know with myself, when I first started this technique, one of the first things that I did is I looked at, you know, uh, so I, on the visuals, I've taken us back to the very first wheel. It's like, where are the benefics and what do they rule? And those should be reasonably good years, right? <laughs> at least that's how I approached it. You know, so for me, Jupiter was or is of the sect in favor. And so Jupiter's in my third. So I would anticipate annual perfections of my third to be not too bad. Um, and then it actually rules the ninth, which is the perfection that I'm in right now. And, uh, and it rules the 12th. And so I'm anticipating that, for instance, my, uh, my 12th house perfection year might not be too bad. Um, but again, you know, you can, like I say, this is like the simplest and the first layer to, oh. yeah, to look at. Um, but it does matter a lot about the dignities and the debilities of the various lords of the year, you know, so if, if you've got a Venus and it's besieged, then any year that Venus rules could be difficult. Or if you've got, you know, Venus, Jupiter conjunct, then you've got four years there, you know, four signs that they rule that could be quite lovely, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. 
theoretically exactly that's the baseline and then you yeah add, that's the thing it's like yeah, it's the baseline yeah like what we were talking about yeah there's always, there's always so much exactly. to consider in a chart that's why people think you know think of astrology and think it's just sun signs and you say they have no idea how complex it is you know there are there are no generalizations in astrology no, and there's no. so many layers to any any time any yep. birth chart i mean you know you could look at your own birth chart for weeks and still <laughs> find more stuff exactly exactly yeah that's that's why i love it exactly yes. okay so we doing it for so long we are down to almost 30 seconds so guys thank you thank you thank you jenna so next week we're gonna tackle the next layer up which is i'm gonna have to spend some time getting this one together because it'll be zodiacal releasing and that is not a simple technique and i might even mention fedarias which is another yeah (laughs) anyway thank you thank you thank you thank you for having me yes yes when i'm available Yes. Well, we love having you. Yeah. So in the meantime, though, I must um, take us off line by saying you have been listening to CJMP and 90.1 FM, that region community radio station. And hope everyone has a great week and we will see you talk to you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.